Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 135 in Edmonton. Just before we bring aboard Craig Simpson, two bits of business. We're going to go head off to two bits. I haven't used that term for a while. Remember when two bits was, was two bits 25 cents? I think it was. All right. Uh, Jason from Sangudo. He's a funny dude. Bob, you're talking about Wells, BC. What was the significance? Old flames usually have new names, Bob. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Jason, were you with me in Wells, B.C. in 1990? I'm just wondering. Uh, had a pretty memorable night, the night uh, Peter Klimas scored. Yes, he did. Our next guest was on the bench when that occurred. From NHL Hockey on Rogers, their lead analyst from Hockey Night in Canada. And we don't always agree. Craig Simpson. <laughs> Hi, Craig. How you doing? I'm good, Bob. How are you? Oh, man. Do you, have you ever skated? Do you ever do the alumni skate, or is your back to... Uh, yeah, I uh, I defer uh, and skip out on it. So, no, I, I haven't been doing the alumni skates. The, the only times I've really skated is when we've had uh, the opportunity for a big outdoor game, or there's been a few special... Um, you know, get-togethers that we, we've gone out. It, it's not all that enjoyable for me. Uh, love love the camaraderie. Good to be back and back on the bench. But, yeah, my body doesn't uh, agree with me there, very much. There, there is a local business owner in town, and I've referenced him before. He does occasionally do the alumni skate, sort of connected to the Molson guys. He, he uh, was referenced once in a piece by TSN's Frank Cervelli, mm-hmm. um, and his name is Dan Baker. And he he sort of looks like Patrick Swayze from Roadhouse. And allow me to and I bring this up because I was thinking of Wells BC in 1990, and the very night that you guys won that game in uh, in overtime on the Peter Klima goal, the entire bar was cheering for uh, the Jacka Clubs. It was in the it was in the hotel, the only hotel. And and all I will tell you is uh, Klima scored. There was a table of three guys and four girls, and we we're all pretty happy. And the rest of the bar wasn't too happy. And I was just really happy that uh, we had Dan Baker there. And you know what else <laughs> I found out? I'll just leave this. I'll end the story like this. Uh, the RCMP, his, he was right next door because he was there within 25 seconds. <laughs> and it was too late for a couple guys. And Dan wasn't the guy that it was too late for. So I just chuckled because you guys were in BC, like the fans. Because I worked out there, as you know, Craig, they hated the yeah. order. They hated oh, you, the You got a, quite a split out there, for sure. Right. Yeah. So, uh, anyhow, uh, hey, we had Glenn Anderson on the show earlier. And by the way, just so everybody knows, the orders did not skate today. No player availability today. We didn't put any requests in. Uh, when I bring up the name of Glenn Anderson, what's the first thing you think of? Oh, gosh. Uh, you know, he's a bit of a conundrum. He, he's uh, he's a... <laughs> He's an, such an interesting personality. Uh, what I what I loved about Glenn was he was a free spirit, but he was a grounded guy and trying to be the best he could be all the time. Uh, I mean, he's 
unique personality. I love the fact that I think Glenn went through life saying, I got to try a little bit of everything. And uh, I think if anybody who's been around him or party with him or uh, played with him understood that, you know, he marches to his own drum. But uh, the one thing I really loved about him as a teammate was just that, uh, you know, driving spirit of trying to be good and trying to make something special happen, trying to be a winner. And uh, he he really, you know, I got so fortunate to come here and be placed on a line uh, with he and Mark Messier and, you know, two guys who just didn't always agree on everything. You said at the beginning, you don't always agree. You know, they had a few butt heads together, but that's what... You know, strong personalities will bring, uh, you know, strong character of trying to do it your way and think, you know, how to uh, be successful. And uh, the one thing, Glenn, I, I always loved about playing with him was when the game started to get away with us, you know, he didn't go away quietly. He always tried something. It wasn't yeah. always the cleanest play, but, you know, you could always rely on a spark, uh, whether it's a quick talk on the bench, you got to have a big shift here. And then his ability with his athleticism to do something special was, was fantastic. But from a personality, you know, we're very different people, but we, we became very good friends and really good teammates. Uh, I, I cherish the fact that I got to play with those two guys for like four, four and a half years. So Brendan Escott, as you know, has replaced Brendan Ulrich uh, producing this show. And I've, he's come from BC, which we won't hold against him because yep. there's uh, 98% of the listeners that, to the show at BC are great. And I've given Brendan a little assignment, and that's to, to go on YouTube and, and go watch past Oilers videos from the 80s and the 90s and 2000s to get a feel of the history of the team. Game 5, 1990, Edmonton, Boston, the first two goals you scored in that game. As I recall, there was a guy named Glenn Anderson that made two ridiculous plays and, like, walking a Hall of Fame defenseman on one of those goals. Yeah, and, you know, Andy on the first one just took the puck in his own zone, and uh, it was a broken play. I think it was the end of a shift, too, because I think I was still on the bench we were doing a lot of, uh, you know, line changing there. He grabbed the puck, and there's times with players that you just know something's going to happen. And Glenn took it end-to-end like he does so often. He hangs it out there with one hand and put it between the legs and split the defense and made an awesome play at the net just to get us on the board early. And the play he made on, on my goal, uh, you know, blocked the shot in our own zone, and he and I went down on a – little bit of a, a, a two-on-one Mets was trailing and Mets got hooked and was out of the play the defenseman went with Andy and it's 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 again having a good teammate that you just read exactly what's in his mind he just took the defenseman away from the middle of the ice took him to the outside allowed him to turn his stick and he did a no look behind the pass uh, behind the back pass to me and sent me in all alone and you know that's what I mean about Glenn just uh, you, you could tell when the opportunity was there and the intensity was there that he was just going to make a play out of nothing. And those are two big ones that ended up helping us finish that series off. The luxury you had. And, and the 1990 Cup for me is one of my favorites because you guys won with, with, without Wayne. And yep. you know what? Love Wayne, one of the nicest guys in the world. Like anybody who's privileged enough to have a chance to spend 30 seconds with him, he makes everybody feel special. But, it, you know, that was an incredible achievement for your team. But you guys had real depth. I mean, you, you had two number one lines, Craig. And that's yeah. and that's a huge, that's a, you know. People say today they're like, well, you know, 
why can't McDavid and Drysaddle lead these guys into the playoffs? And and there's some growing. Those guys would be the first to tell you that they're frustrated, they're exhausted. Yeah, they know of they course of course they're right. But the the simple fact is the the organizational depth is not there at this time, and the frustration for the fans, Craig, is I think there's a belief that maybe some of that was traded away, and I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, and I, I think when you go back to even that time, uh, and I'll I'll go to the mainstays of, of getting through four rounds of the playoffs are, you know, our defense, many would say, okay, that wasn't, well, of all the Oiler Cup winning teams, that wasn't the most offensive defensive backcourt. But, you know, how many times do your listeners listen to me harp on just terrible sticks, bad defensive play, you know, not taking away passing lanes? You know, that to me, the the, the core of that team specifically was our D not only blocked shots, but they killed penalties with great sticks, with physical play. And it's another good reminder that you don't always have to have the you know 60-point defenseman who's going to start to play offensively, but it is really paramount that you have guys that can break plays up, that know how to defend, stop the cycle in the corner, protect so that the goaltender can read, that he doesn't have to worry about the constant cross-seam passes. As, as you know, look at you know, the problems in goal, partly for Oilers, too, is, you know, those are difficult reads. Look at so many of those goals where pass from behind the nets and cross seam. That should never happen with a better positional play and a better uh, stick-on-stick play from your D. And, you know, I, I, I contribute a lot to those guys in 1990 who just were, were amazing at, at doing the right things and being so solid back there and, and playing the game the way it has to be played. Craig, I said earlier on the show today, I know you were at a, an event uh, between noon and one. Yep. Uh, the orders are in the crap, and the hockey yep. term would be a different word to describe the word crap. This is this is a difficult... They chased for so long, and there's lots of reasons why they ended up in that position. And it's humbling for an organization to have to go through this. Can you maybe express... The, I don't even know if you've ever experienced this as a player, being out of it. Um, not not in the same way after having won. You know, I experienced it early. Uh, I, I would draw comparisons for Connor with uh, with the way Mario in his first four years felt. You know, the the kind of hopelessness of my God, we're losing again, and we're 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 close, but we're not there. I think you mentioned last week uh, my second year, which was Mario's third. I think we got eliminated on game 78 or 79, yeah. so only two games left. Um, but I look at the, you know, a guy that already had, had 100 points and won the Calder, and then, uh, you know, that that year in 88, uh, making strides and pushing, uh, getting 50 goals, and, you know, all the personal accolades, pushing Wayne Gretzky to be considered the top guy, but our team wasn't close. I think the more frustrating for Connor in this scenario is having tasted it and and felt what it's like to play and to win a series and to feel like you know that that the team was there and that they were close to being a team that wouldn't necessarily be a cup contender but be a team that should be in the playoffs so i I think the the feeling is very different said before mario missed the first four years of his career made it in year five missed again in year six and you think of the waste of the talent that that became, you know, Mario's won two Conn Smythe trophies, leading the playoffs and scoring things like that. So missing those opportunities, you can never get back. But I think the frustration is real. 
not much to be made of. I, I listened to Connor's comments, and he wasn't the one that initiated all that kind of talk. But what the heck else are you supposed to say? You know, you're right. completely uh, committed to being the best player, not only on the team, but being the best player in the league. And it's been a failed year. So uh, the reality is... And it's uh, not his fault that it's been no, a failed no. year. You, you know, you could be sitting and having a very different dialogue you know, if Connor was sitting even at 80 points, I know 80 points is a good year, but yeah. uh, with his talent, so there, there's nothing to be uh, feeling like you let anybody down. I think the window, as I, I just listened the last little bit uh, as I got back out of my meeting, but, um, you know, the window, unfortunately for Oiler management, is, is completely shot. Like, there's a, you have to be in the playoffs next year. Or then you do have that scenario that everybody's contemplating. Oh, how's Connor feeling? You, yeah. you you can't miss that opportunity for too long in that regard. All right. So how do they? Uh, we're joined by Craig Simpson from uh, NHL Hockey and Rogers. Want to mention Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu and locations, visit RoyalPizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. What priorities would you have for the Oilers organization? to make themselves a playoff team, to go from 36 wins to 45 wins next season? Well, I, I think first and foremost, you, you need some stability on the back end. Uh, and that doesn't, you're not going to be able to, I don't think, bring in a, you know, a top two, two D pairing. Um, I, I go again to, uh, it's not necessarily going to be a guy like Ron Hainsey, but uh, a Hainsey-like player that has some experience and some calmness back there. You know, you're asking uh, Darnell Nurse at times when Clefbaum was out or when Secker was out, is learning how to be a defensive defense. I still think he's got a lot to learn defensively. I think he's getting better offensively, which is a, is a big plus. But you need a calming influence. When, when chaos erupts, a guy who can either make one good stick play to turn a puck over and at least get the puck back out and breathe again a little bit, I think if you can add one of those and then a speed factor on the back end, you, you've got to get a little quicker. Yep. You've got to be able to make plays at a faster pace. The goaltending scenario, you know, I, I look at uh, Curtis McElhaney in Carolina and how almost a gift he ended up being for them uh, in, in helping them settle what was a really tumultuous back uh, in goal crease yep. there. And you say you might be in a situation, Bob, where – Make sure you at least have a competent backup. But on the waiver wire, you know, Toronto lost, what, two, three goalies on the waiver wire early, and that's really hurt them. There there might be an opportunity to get a McElhaney-like player and hope that he can contribute with that, you know, 15 to 16 wins and and give a little bit of breathing room for a guy who's got to work on his game all summer long. What about forwards? Well, I I More skill and speed? Well, you need to have speed. I, I, I think you hope that the development this year in the American League, where the team has had some success, they've had some traction, you know, they've had some offense. Uh, how many times did we say in the last few years, you know, who would you ever bring up down there? Nobody's even scoring down there. Where, you know, I, I'm glad to see Benson finally have a uh, knock on wood, a, a healthy season and get some experience and some confidence. I've said to you many times, I look around the league at good teams, and you have to trust that some of these American Hockey League players can come up and fill roles and at entry-level contracts and play minutes. And so if they're going to fill roles, they're not always going to score. 
they've got to have some speed. They've got to be able to push the pace. So you're, you know, in fairness to Kyle Brodziak, I, you know, there weren't a lot of options in terms of who you're going to fit in at a third or fourth line center. But clearly you're, you're lacking that energy and speed. You, you need those guys to be able to play with pace so that your game doesn't slow down. You don't get hemmed in. And I think you've got to find one or two that will fit that role and then hope, without rushing them, that some of the American Hockey League success that they've had this year can translate and come up. Uh, you know, if you are looking to make a deal, and I know I, I listened to you talk about Nugent Hopkins having a career year and uh, the, the things that he does bring. You know, if you can secure a Derek Ryan-type player as that third-line center or a speedier guy in the fourth line, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the new GM at some point has to entertain a package that includes Nugent Hopkins to get better in other areas. All right, Craig, uh, where are you uh, this week? I rarely, I have a week off. It's uh, celebrating Bob Cole's 50th year. This is his last game in uh, in Montreal, Toronto and Montreal. So we have the weekend off and I'll be flying to Boston on Tuesday to get ready for the Bruins and Leafs. Well, you know, you know, the know-it-all that hosts the show in Edmonton is calling the Leafs to vanquish the Bruins in that series. You know what? Just go with the contrarian, right? Like any anything can happen. Hey, I, I picked you guys series. to I picked you guys to beat the <laughs> You tr- did. You did. Yes, I know. And I've only reminded the listeners 8,000 si- times. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Got one right. Hey, Craig, great stuff. Thanks a lot. Uh, all right, Bob. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Take care. Take care. That's Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey and Rogers. When we come back in one minute's time, we'll go to this day in Oilers history. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, all right, all right. Let's get to this day in Oilers history brought to you by... New West Travel. Ask about their destination wedding packages, corporate employee reward trips. Visit newwesttravel.com for more information. Oh, Brendan Escott, what do you got? On this day, Bob, in 1995, Todd Marchant scores a goal and an assist in a feisty affair between the Oilers and Los Angeles Kings. They combine for 134 penalty minutes, six game misconducts, nine goals as the Oilers fell 7-2 at the Great Western Forum. I think that's six misconducts, not game misconducts. Tony Granato picking up a hat-trick for LA, Bob, and I think our own Louis DeBrusque, friend of the show, had about 20 penalty minutes in that one. Yeah, I think that was the season. Was it 94-95 or 93-94 that uh, Granato clubbed Neil Wilkinson over the head and got a 20-game suspension? This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel Call. Their destination wedding packages and corporate employee reward trips. Visit newwesttravel.com for more information. The Mega talented Reed Wilkins is on tonight at Inside Sports. By the way, a former producer of mine, like Corey Graham, who's battling through a tough time. Our hearts are going out to him right now. Uh, but uh, 
read, obviously, Brendan Brenzen's now in tails for sales, making big money. He dresses better and better each and every day, which, you know, he needed to work on because he wasn't quite stylish enough. <laughs> but uh, Brendan Escott, what do you got for us tonight with Reed Wilkins? Yeah, Reed's got Kelly Rudy on, no surprise there. He also has Sportsnet writer Christine, Christina Rutherford, rather, on the uh, CWHL folding up. Tomorrow, what a show, what a show, what a show. We have Louis DeBrus from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Brian Burke, presented by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar. Wait, wait, where's all we are? I wanted an extra with all we are. Can you cue that baby up for me here, Brendan? Can you make that happen on the fly? Also on tomorrow's show, from Winnipeg, Sportsnet Spec, Mark Spector, for the horses. Uh, we're going to leave you. With Kim Mitchell's All We Are, the guy singing right now, Peter Fredette. Big voice. Love you, man. Love the passion. We'll get through it. Have a wonderful day. Up next, the news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 630 Kid Afternoon News with Jalen Nye, live from Fort Saskatchewan. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.